In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and it's always a great joy to be with all of you. So as always, we like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary has many wonderful titles. Mary is the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of the Church. And Mary is the Mother of each and every one of us. Also, we we call out to Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So, let's turn to Mary as we enter into what is called ordinary time. Let's beg Mary to pray for us and to pray with us. To pray for us and to pray with us. As we pray the prayer that she loves most, and that prayer that she loves most is the Hail Mary, also known as the angelic salutation together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now let's invite uh, to our Perseverance family our spiritual director. What a great grace it is to have as our spiritual director the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has also many wonderful titles. Holy Spirit is the paraclete. Holy Spirit is the gift of gifts. The Holy Spirit is the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit is also known as the sanctifier. Holy Spirit is also known as the interior master. St. Paul says it very clearly. He says that we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's beg the Holy Spirit to be with us and to pour into our minds great light as well as to set our hearts on fire with love for God and for the salvation of immortal souls. Together. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful 
and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. Well, Lady Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Saint Gabriel, pray for us. Saint Raphael, pray for us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. Saint Francis Xavier, pray for us. Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. How true, my friends, the family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. So after praying with all of you, I promise that I will be praying for you in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. The holy sacrifice of the Mass. The holy sacrifice of the Mass. So I'd like to place you all on the altar. With these intentions, first of all, I'd like to pray for all of us that we would be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps this can be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the Heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the Heart of Mary. My next intention, I like to pray in a special way for all of our families. For all of our families, for the conversion of 
for the sanctification and for the salvation of all of our family members. Our Lord himself said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? We are here in this world a short time to get to heaven, to be very blunt with all of us. We're here to get to heaven. Every day we should pray that we're closer to heaven every day of our lives. That we're walking in the right direction, not in the wrong direction. If not, let's do a U-turn. My last intention, as always, I would like to pray for the very special group of people that will be dying sometime today. We don't know the day nor the hour that the Lord will call us. Our Lord says it will come like a thief in the night. In the moment you least expect it. We have to be prepared and vigilant and alert. So let's pray for the dying as well as for ourselves, that we would have the grace of all graces in our lives. The grace of all graces in our lives is to die in this state of grace. So there we have it, my friends. So lately we've been giving our beginning to our Perseverance family by just giving you a brief catechesis. The catechesis today will be related to the liturgical year. Yesterday we celebrated the baptism of our Lord. We also called to mind our own baptism. That our baptism transformed all of us into sons and daughters of God. Into brothers and sisters to Jesus Christ. as well as intimate friends with the Holy Spirit. As well as living temples of the Blessed Trinity. Some of you are already posting that Mark says that his neighbor just lost their son on Friday. Alondra, her son's funeral today is 10. And I actually have a funeral today at 10 o'clock. And I've never had anything like this. It's both husband and wife. They died within a month of each other. 
husband and wife, Jolanda and Josue Hernandez, they died within a month of each other. Jolanda was hit by a car and her husband was in the hospital with pulmonary problems. So last night we had the vigil and today at 10 o'clock we'll be, we'll be having the mass for both of them. So that seems to be seems to be a common theme today to, to pray for the dead. Now I would also say, my friends, never to <coughs> cease praying for the dead. My father died about seven and a half years ago. And a uh, very good man, but I, stay, I will still keep praying for him. And it's not a good idea to canonize people, to say, okay, it's so common to hear the, these uh, these cliches. When someone dies, well, he's no longer suffering. Or he's with the Lord. Or he's in a better place now. I, I don't like those, I don't like those pious platitudes. I really don't like, because if that's the case, well, why pray for them if they're already in heaven? So I think that there's a danger in that. So let's uh, pray for the dead and not canonize them. Only the Pope can canonize them, by the way. So we enter into... We enter into ordinary time. We enter into ordinary time and... We should try to live ordinary time with extraordinary holiness. The spirituality of the little flower, St. Therese, is exactly that. It's trying to carry out the ordinary things of our daily life carrying out the ordinary things of our daily life with extraordinary love. That's holiness. Carry out the extraordinary things of our daily life with extraordinary love. There we have the essence of holiness. Carrying out the extraordinary with the, with the ordinary with extraordinary love. So let's uh, let's make it a habit to pray for each other and to pray for the dead. So we move from the Christmas season, which ends with the baptism of our Lord, into ordinary time, and then February fourteenth will be Ash Wednesday. It will be Ash Wednesday we enter into the season of Lent. So Lent comes quickly. And Easter is actually on the last day of March. Easter Sunday is March 31st, very early this year. Very early. 
So let's enter into the uh, liturgy, into the readings. Well, before we enter the readings, I'd like to make one last comment, rather, invitation. As many of you know, over the past, about the past six months, I've been giving these mini retreats, uh, two or three days. So, about every other week I will do it. So this week, starting today at 7 p.m. in St. Peter Chanel, we'll be launching another retreat. And the topic will be on prayer. Topic will be on prayer. And the title of the flyer is going from lukewarm to fervor in your prayer life. That's the title of the flyer that we put together. Going from lukewarm to fervor in our prayer life. Let's be honest, uh, that at times our prayer life can start to decline. We have to be honest. Our prayer life can start to start to decline. <clears throat> so we want to give it a jump start. We want to throw wood and brushes and timber and gasoline on perhaps a fire that is extinguishing. God does not want us to be lukewarm. We read in Revelation chapter 3. Revelation or Apocalypse chapter 3 we have You are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were. I wish you were hot or cold. But you are lukewarm. Therefore I will spit you or vomit you out of my mouth. Strong words. We don't want to be lukewarm in our spiritual life. And if our prayer life is lukewarm, then our spiritual life is also going to be lukewarm. That's the thermometer. The thermometer of our spiritual life is our, is our prayer life. So Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week, we invite you to our mini-retreat at St. Peter Chanel at 7 p.m., We invite all of you. (coughs) (coughs) So, (coughs) what I'd like to do now is enter into the readings. (coughs) Uh, We have the first reading, which is taken from the first book of Samuel the beginning of the first book of Samuel. Then we have the gospel for this year, because we're in year B, is the gospel of St. Mark, which is the shortest of all the gospels. 
So I'd like to give you a summary of the first reading, an interpretation and an application. That's my style. Giving a summary of the reading. And then an interpretation and an application. So we find ourselves in the very beginning of the, the book of Samuel. We have a somewhat of a common theme <clears throat> somewhat of a common theme running through a sacred scripture. <clears throat> it happened to Sarah. It happened to Elizabeth. It happened to the parents of Mary. <clears throat> and it happens to a woman named Hannah, who's married to Elkanah. This is a, a fervent Jewish couple, and they wanted to have a child. But for some reason, they could not have children. So this was a source of great suffering. This has been a source of really great suffering. So we find her in the first chapter of Samuel. <clears throat> going to the temple to pray. Now this is not the temple of Jerusalem because it hasn't been built yet. This is before King David. So the temple back then was in Shiloh. And there was a high priest, his name was Eli. So Hannah goes to the temple in Shiloh and she's heartbroken. She's heartbroken because she does not have a children, any children and she's getting older. And she has a very good husband. Her name is Elkanah. <clears throat> so the reading today shows her in the temple and she's uh, she's praying she's pouring out her heart she's unloading she's telling the Lord of her suffering she's weeping it's a very profound heartfelt prayer that we have from this <clears throat> woman her name is Hannah Now, to add wound to insult, as we say, <clears throat> the high priest Eli comes in, and Anna has her eyes closed, and she's praying, not audibly, but she's praying with her lips. And she's moving her lips. 
The high priest Eli looks at her and misinterprets Hannah. He actually thinks that she's drunk with wine. And he actually comes to her and he rebukes her because of her apparent drunkenness. Hannah defends herself and says she's not drunk with wine, but her heart is broken because she and her husband Elkanah, they don't have any children. They've always longed to have children. So Eli intervenes and says, may God bless you. May God bless you and may may God grant your desire. Then Hannah, she makes a promise or a vow to God. She makes a promise or or a solemn promise or a vow to God. And it's this. If God would be so gracious to give her a son, a male, then she promises to God to consecrate this son to God. It would be a Nazaritic vow, which consists of basically these these three characteristics. First is that this son will drink no liquor or strong drink. No alcoholic beverage. That would be part of the vow. Also part of the Nazaritic vow would be not to shave his head. And then lastly, that even as a child, Hannah would take him and place him in the temple. That was a promise that and Hannah made. So, Eli, after improperly, incorrectly rebuking her as for being drunk, he blesses her And prays that God's will would be accomplished in her and that God would bless her if it's God's will with a child. Then, after those words of consolation, she went to her quarters She ate and drank with her husband 
and she was no longer no longer sad or depressed no longer downcast so you can see my friends very important point desolation consolation how we can go from a state of desolation to consolation God can do it directly but sometimes God works in secondary ways I repeat God can intervene directly but God can sometimes use secondary channels and I'll give you an example of that Probably about 15 years ago, a charming movie came out. Maybe some of you have seen it. The name of the movie is is Little Boy. Little Boy. Maybe some of you have seen the movie Little Boy. In the movie, this little boy shows his faith and he prays that the mountain will be moved, will be displaced, and it happens. Later on in the movie, you see the little boy, he's in a, he's in a restaurant, kind of like a bar restaurant with people, and he's sitting in front of a priest. He's sitting in front of a priest, little boy. And there's a bottle in in between the priest and the little boy. The priest tells little boy, to move the bottle. There was a bottle in between both of them. So the little boy is praying fervently in front of the priest, in front of the bottle, that the bottle would be moved from one part of the table to the other. And Nothing happens. And he's praying fervently. Nothing happens. He's praying fervently. Nothing happens. And then after about a minute of prayer, the priest gets up and he takes the bottle and moves it from one part to the next. And what the priest says is that sometimes God works directly on the soul. But other times God can work in a secondary fashion. God can work through secondary causes. And human persons, we can be, we can be 
secondary causes. But going back to the first book of Samuel, we see the woman in profound desolation, Hannah, and the priest misinterpreting her casts her into a deeper desolation. But I really like the fervor of her. She's weeping, she's crying, she's pouring out her heart to the Lord. She's unloading herself. It's really a model for prayer that I'll be talking about today, tonight, in our mini-retreat on prayer. It's a beautiful model for prayer. But then the priest says that he will bless her, that God will bless her. And if it's God's will, that God would bless her with a child. So she goes into a quarter, she eats and drinks with her husband. They no longer look downcast. And it says that early the next morning, this married couple, they go to the temple of Shiloh and they worship before the Lord. How beautiful that is. They go to the temple and they worship before the Lord. What a beautiful example for us to start off, to start off our day by worshiping God. I usually spend the first hour, about hour and a half, making my holy hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament. I love to start off the day by giving the Lord my first fruits, by giving Him a good hour, close hour and a half. Maybe this is an example for us at the beginning of this new year to give more time to prayer. Give even more more time to prayer. Then the last part of the first reading today says that Elkanah had relations with his wife Hannah. And it says the Lord remembered her. The Lord remembered her very fervent prayers. She conceived. And at the end of her term, she bore a son. She bore a son. <clears throat> and she named his son, she named her son Samuel, since she had asked the Lord for him. His name was Samuel. Samuel. And you'll be seeing later on, you probably remember that 
Samuel will be offered in the temple and next to him will still be that high priest. His name was Eli. Perhaps you remember that passage we'll, we'll be seeing in the near future that God is speaking to Samuel. That's right. God is speaking to Samuel. But Samuel does not understand how God is speaking to him. So he gets up and he goes to Eli the high priest and says, Did you speak to me? Eli says, Go back to bed. I did not. This happens three times. Then Eli recognized that God is speaking to the young Samuel. And Eli, his spiritual director, says, the next time you hear God calling, say this, Speak, O Lord. Speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. Beautiful prayer. Speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. And eventually this Samuel will anoint Saul and then eventually he'll anoint anoint King David. How often do we say, instead of speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening, we say, listen, O Lord, for your servant is speaking. I'll repeat that. How often it happens in our lives, we say, instead of saying, speak, O Lord, for the servant is listening, we say, listen, O Lord, for your servant is speaking. I put it the other way around. I reversed it. I like to use I like to use language well. But actually actually I think we should have both. I think we should have both. We should say speak O Lord for your servant is listening to listen to the word of God and Listen, O Lord, for your servant is speaking. So I think that there there has to be, otherwise it could be just a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. It's not a it's not a monologue. Some of you are laughing out loud. It is kind of funny, but there's a lot of truth in it. One of the best definitions of prayer that I'll be talking about tonight was given by Father Greg Staub may he rest in peace in his catechism book Father Greg Staub wrote a wonderful catechism book and confirmation textbook and he said that prayer has three different 
components. It's a short but a really good definition. Three different components in prayer. And that would be prayer is listening to God Prayer is speaking to God and prayer is loving God. Do you like that? Isn't that a good definition? I really like that definition. I think you do also. There are three different components in that short definition of prayer. Prayer is listening to God Speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. So prayer is listening to God. Prayer is speaking to God. So there you have the dialogue. Then prayer is loving God. Great definition. Maybe when you're talking to someone today, just say, this is a definition I heard on prayer today from Father Broome. Took from Father Greg. Prayer is listening to God. Prayer is speaking to God. And prayer is loving God. Then Father Greg points out, the most important of these is prayer is loving God. Because really, my friends, really, my friends, the purpose of our life that Jesus responded to the Pharisee that questioned him, the purpose of our life, my friends, is to love God, love God with all our Mind, heart, soul, and strength. Those four different dimensions. To love God with all of our mind, heart, soul, and strength. To love God with all, to love God with all of our mind, heart, Soul and strength. Great definition. Sometimes there are people that will will say, well, you know, uh, Samuel, young Sam, I heard God speaking. St. Faustina heard God speaking. St. Bernadette had Mary speaking to her. The children of Fatima, Mary spoke. St. Margaret Mary Ella Cook heard God speaking to her. But people will sometimes say this. Maybe you, maybe you've done this also. 
And it's okay to question, to try to get to the truth. You might say, well, God spoke to St. Margaret Mary Ella Cook and St. Faustina and but God, I, I, God doesn't speak to me. God doesn't speak to me. I don't know why God doesn't speak to me. And the response to that is that God speaks to us, but sometimes we don't know how to interpret his voice. God speaks to us in many ways, but sometimes we don't seem to pick up the way he speaks to us. We we don't hear his voice, even though he is speaking to us. One of my favorite stories is, maybe you've heard this story before, but it's how we can sometimes not hear God speaking to us. God, Sometimes we're not aware of how God communicates with us. Sometimes it, hits, it has to hit us over the head with a two-by-four. <laughs> it's the the story of uh, this uh, man who's standing in the public plaza and he's talking to God and all of a sudden the sky opens up and it starts to rain almost like in the time of Noah the rain was coming down and down and down a torrential downpour of rain. And the man cried out, Lord, help me, because I don't know how to swim. Help me because I really don't know how to swim. So all of a sudden, this man in a canoe comes by and says, if you like, you can get in the canoe and I'll I'll row you to safety. He says, no, 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 God will help me. So the rain is coming down even more strongly. And now two men in a rowboat come by and says, you know, you better you better get in with us. It's going to be raining for another couple of days. And if you don't know how to swim, you're going to be lost. The man says, no, I mean, I, I trust God's going to help me. So the rain is coming down even more firmly and it's already up to his chest. So a ship passes in front of the man and the captain of the ship says, I will let down a ladder and you can just climb up the ladder and we'll we'll, uh, take you to the shore safely. And the man says, no, I, you know, I'm... I'm a believer in God. I'll I'll try. God will help me. So the rain is coming down in buckets. Such that the rain is already arriving at his chin. 
And don't forget that this man does not know how to swim. He's saying, Lord, come on, help me. I don't want to drown. So all of a sudden, from the sky can be seen a helicopter. And the helicopter is hovering over the man, aware that this man, if he doesn't get out of the rain, he's definitely going to drown. The man, the pilot of the helicopter, throws down a rope ladder So you better grab onto that and climb up, otherwise you're going to drown. The man says, no, I'm a, I I really believe that God is going to help me. I believe God is going to help me. He's never failed me yet. God will help me. So what happens is, the rain comes down and down and down and down and down. And the man ends up by drowning. Then he goes before the Lord and says to the Lord, Well, Lord, I drowned. He says to the Lord, 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 why didn't you help me? And the Lord looked straight in his eyes and said, Look, look, my friend. I sent you a canoe and you didn't want it. I sent you a a rowboat with two men in it with space for you and you didn't accept that. I sent you a big ship with a ladder and you didn't accept that. And as the rain got higher and higher, I sent you actually a helicopter with a rope ladder which was thrown out of the helicopter so you could grab onto it and they could pull you out And you didn't want that. So I sent you a canoe, a boat, a ship, and a helicopter. What more do you want? Don't you like that story? It's a good story. It's kind of a funny story. It's a good story. But basically the message of the story is with Samuel. Speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, O Lord, for your servant is listening. How often, how often is God speaking to us? How often does God speak to us? 
speaks to us through persons, places, circumstances, especially the Word of God. And how often we are tone deaf or we're spiritually blind in which we don't really see or hear even though God is knocking at the door of our hearts. He's speaking and we're tone deaf. So remember that definition of prayer and invite you all to come to our mini retreat on prayer tonight. The short definition on prayer is prayer is listening to God prayer is speaking to God and prayer is loving God. And I would like, my friends, to end. I'll be placing you on the altar in the Mass. I'd like to end by giving you my priestly blessing. And invite you to share this with your friends. The Lord be with you. May, may, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.